And my brother is standing outside the camper with a shovel. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, I don't know. Mom said we were going to bury a body. I'm like, well, we're not burying any bodies. Like, I almost died at our last retreat. I don't even. Oh my gosh, Shannon. I was like, it was like the first day. And I'm like, where the heck did Shannon go? Eight months pregnant with our third child and found out that he was having an affair. Have you watched the movie Limitless with Bradley Cooper? Yeah. Okay. So I'm taking yep. the Limitless pill. Hi, I'm Heather. And I'm Shannon. And we are two women here sharing inspiring inspiring stories about fearless females to help encourage you to live your life unapologetically. Welcome to the Unapologetically Me podcast. We're back. We have some fun things to talk about today. So um, I had just posted on social media yesterday. I was like, come watch our podcast. It's like sitting. It's like going to like a cozy cabin with your best friends and drinking wine or hot tea and like telling each other crazy stories and like laughing all night long. That's like what I feel like our podcast is. Exactly. And we're giggling like we've drank too much wine and no one's actually drank anything. <laughs> um, so what are we going to chat about today? I just recently launched a social media boot camp, and I'm very excited because this is something I've been working on um, for a while now. And it kind of like came up because I kept getting questions from people of like, how, how do you do this? Or like, how am I supposed to know what to post? Or like, where do I even start? Uh, like, how do I grow my business with social media? I'm scared to post, right? Like people have all these like fears. And so I decided to create this course to basically walk them through how to use social media to grow your business or your personal brand. And, uh, you know, instead of having to like try to figure it out all by yourself. I'm so excited for you. So when you and I first met, um, it was because you were interested in investing in RV parks and I had an RV course. And the more I got to know you, I couldn't believe you didn't already have a product like this. Like I'm totally shocked it's taken this long for you to decide you want to do something like that. Because um, for those of you who don't know, Shannon is a coach in our women's mastermind and she does so great coaching the girls on social media. Like it's truly a skill set that you have that you get excited about and you bring out like the best in people when you're doing it. So I was so excited for you. I think this is going to help so many people who don't exactly know where to start. Yeah. Thanks. I'm super excited about it. Um, so what was the process like for that? How did you figure out what to include? How do you know like where to put it, how to build it, how to market it? What's that been like for you? So I just kind of started with if I had to do things all over again and start from the very beginning, like what would I do and how would I do it knowing everything that I know now after 10 years of being on social media, growing over a million followers and being able to have this like my full-time job and and be pretty successful at it. And so I kind of created a course like exactly where to start. So everything, like if you were brand new, like what camera gear do you need? What lighting do you need? Um, how to hold your phone properly? Um, overcoming fears of posting online. I think that's something, even with coaching the girls in the mastermind, um, with the one-on-one -on -one coaching I do for their social media to help grow their businesses and their brand, they're so scared to post or they're they're afraid that it's not going to, their post is not going to do well. Um, and so kind of walking them through how to properly do this, to have, to come up with a strategy. Cause we don't just like post to post on social media or we shouldn't be because <laughs> you can attract like the wrong audience. I feel like for me, when I first started social media, I made so many mistakes that I still deal with today. Like for instance, I'll give you an example. I posted videos that were like really crazy and like drama kind of, you know, that had happened in my life. And I feel like when you post certain videos like that, you attract like 
a certain type of audience and maybe that's not the audience that you want. And so in the course, I kind of talk about these mistakes that I made to hopefully prevent anyone else from making them and how to target their their proper audience um, and also what to post because everyone thinks like, oh, I can only post like what's in my niche. And I feel like that's a huge mistake. And it's something that like I'm, I even talk to Heather about all the time. I'm like, you need to post more personal stuff. Like we want to get to know you and your family and what you're cooking, you know? Well, I think people get so focused on views that sometimes they forget that that's not the only thing that matters. Um, and a, a perfect example of that is it, you, ever need, you need to know what your goal is. Why are you on here? And if your goal is, let's just use the social media course that you're, you're, we're talking about now. If your goal is to like sell a social media course, which clearly that wasn't your goal because you started like what, 10 years ago. Um, but let's say someone was starting out and social media is probably not a good one because you need to have already started before that. But I don't know how to real estate invest one-on-one. That's your goal. And if you start posting like pictures of yourself in a bathing suit at the beach, um, you're probably going to get a lot of views and a lot of likes, but they aren't necessarily people who are going to buy a real estate one-on-one course. So you don't have the audience that meets the goal that you have. Um, my goal with social media is to teach women to be financially free. And sometimes that, that message gets a little skewed because people think of it as like, I don't need no man, or like, I don't think people should be married. And that's totally not it. Cause, um, I love being married. I love the idea of marriage and, um, all of those things, but I want women to be able to be financially secure and not make their marriage decision based off money. Like even Disney movies teach our daughters nowadays, um, like that their whole life is about finding this prince. And I want them to have more to that. I want them to, um, be able to stay in the marriage or leave the marriage or whatever it is that they want to do. Um, and that not be based on income. So, um, I have 60% male followers and 40% female followers. So I have to continue to think through my content to be more of things that will attract the type of women that I'm trying to help. Yeah. And I think that that's so smart and, and really like, especially if you're starting new, it's so key and powerful to have a good strategy and plan and know how to properly post on social media, know how to use social media to your advantage instead of going online and thinking like, oh, I hate social media or it's so much work. You know, like we teach them how to automate everything. So that if they have a, a business, they're like, I don't have time for this. Yes, you do. You just have to know how to do it the right way. And you need to have the proper tools in place and software softwares that you're using to really be successful. So that's kind of the boot camp. And if you need help, definitely check it out. And also um, for all the mastermind girls, they get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be inside circle available to them. Thank you for yeah. doing that. I'm sure that will benefit so many of them and you can stop starting at like point one with your coaching students. You can reference that back and forth. So it'll help. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Um, so what's going on with you? So it's interesting you're talking about some of the business stuff. I've been reading this book called Lend to Live. It's actually really good. Um, each year at kind of the end of the year, I usually do it between Christmas and New Year's, I go over my vivid vision that I've written out, meaning like what I'm planning for the next three years and what I envision for my life because it it helps me set the goals for the next year and exactly like measure where I, I'm at from the previous year. And it usually changes a little. I'm usually adding some things in, taking some things out, you know, things we tried that didn't work. And this year I've been thinking a lot about being a private money lender. Um, I don't think I'm quite there yet. I'm not ready to, 
to be a private money lender today, but I didn't know hardly anything about it at all. And so I've been reading the book about the documents you need, how you evaluate, whether or not it's the type of um, deal you want to invest in, like realistic expectations. And it's a super good book. So when I'm writing up my vision this year, I'm going to include becoming a private money lender at some point. And some people lend like $10,000 and some people lend like $10 million. I think I'm going to start with like $50,000 and kind of play with it and uh, learn a little more. Because honestly, we read all these books and you try and implement these strategies and you learn so much more when you're actually doing it. So I think I'm going to th take $50,000, invest in a deal this year and kind of see how it goes to figure out how I want to do that in the future. And for your vivid vision, are you writing out the specific deal that you want to invest in or like asset class or like how specific are you being? I don't know yet. That's <laughs> I'm not sure yet because it's so different for each asset class. That's why I think I'm going to play with it with a $50,000 investment. Um, and because you learn so much when you're doing these deals and I don't know. I think I want to be a short-term lender with that, but I may play with it a little bit and decide that I want to be a little bit more long-term inventor, long-term lender. And you know, you can be debt, you can be equity. There's there's so many different um, ways to do that that I want to play with it a little bit and see how it actually works out. And I think having the group of women we do for the mastermind um, is a good opportunity too, because a lot of them have a lot of skills, um, and but they're newer into being an entrepreneur than I am. So maybe they, they need that partner or um, that lender and it'd be a good way to partner with some of the girls in the mastermind. So what's it, do you know what an angel investor is? Nope. Me kind neither. of. No, I don't. <laughs> some, it's somebody. Okay. Let's Google it before I start guessing. It's somebody okay. who <laughs> invests money into companies though. Right. And isn't it like they don't really do anything. Yes. They kind of just like the reason I, I, I love Shark Tank. Do you watch Shark Tank? I watch my dentist play Shark Tank. So every time I go to the dentist, you're watching Shark Tank. <laughs> um, so I don't have TV, but whenever I go to like my mom's house, she has like Shark Tank on and I love that show. I think it's so good. And so I'm trying to think, are those angel investors? So I, I think the Shark Tank people seem to be more involved. To my understanding, angel investors are normally people who, um, they like provide capital to the business, but I don't necessarily know that it's always um, like Shark Tank seems to be like, we're going to bring the manufacturing side of it. And like they tell all these other ways they're going to help. So they seem to become like true partners, not just money. Right. Um, but it's also different each deal, right? They're offering people different things. Yeah. Um, but Googling angel investor, it says an angel investor is an individual who provides capital to a business or businesses, including startups, usually in exchange for convertible debt or ownership equity. Okay. Yeah. So like when it comes to being a private money lender, is that kind of the same thing or they just call it a private money lender in real estate and then angel investors more just like businesses? I think part of it, there's so many different ways to invest. And we were talking about this this week at the retreat. Um, they use the word so interchangeably, whether we're talking about private money, we're talking about, um, raising private money. We're talking about hard money. We're talking about um, syndications and funds. A lot of times when people are talking that through, they literally use the same words for all of it. And they actually mean quite different things. 
Um, there's a really great book by, it's always a book, y'all. There's a really great book by Matt Faircloth called Raising Private Capital. And it really walks you through like, because a lot of the, there's a lot of legality behind it too. And you need to make sure you're not going to like end up in jail. So um, Matt's book really walks you through like how to do all that stuff legally and um, making sure you're protected, your investors are protected and, and really like how to get people to invest with you. Because it's not only the deal that they're looking at, they're evaluating the people themselves. Like what are your skills? What's your track record? Um, you know, what have you done in the past? Um, and so they're, they're not just when, as us as real estate investors, we're evaluating the deals, but when you're a, a private money investor or you're investing in a syndication or a fund, oftentimes you're evaluating, um, the general partners or, um, the people who are going to be working on the project, Got the it. team as a whole. <clears throat> Very cool. Speaking of the retreat, I almost died at our last retreat. I don't even. <laughs> oh my gosh, Shannon. I was like, it was like the first day and I'm like, where the heck did Shannon go? <laughs> So let me tell you what happened. It's funny now, but it wasn't when it happened. So I take a caffeine pill every morning instead of drinking coffee because I feel like coffee takes too long and I need the caffeine. So if I just like take the caffeine pill, it's faster. Um, it saves me time. So I took the caffeine pill, but then I knew at the retreat it was going to be a long day of like speakers and I wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to be tired. So I ordered a Starbucks, a $20 Starbucks from DoorDash to the hotel and I was tired when I was doing the order. And so I put accidentally four pumps or four shots of espresso instead of four pumps of vanilla. Um, you know, like when you can do it on the app, I don't know if you've door dashed Starbucks before, yeah. probably not. You're an idiot if you door yep. dashed Starbucks, but, um, yep. don't be like me, <laughs> but sometimes I, the time that it takes you to get there, like the Starbucks line is legit in some places. So the it's 20 so bucks bad. instead of me standing there for 45 minutes is better. Yeah. So I door dashed it and I'm like drinking it, like trying to drink fast and do my hair and makeup because this was the day that I had to get on stage and talk just like short period of time about like, um, some of our stuff that we had going on at the retreat. So as I'm walking up, I'm like, God, I really don't feel well. So I'm walking into the room that we do like all of our, uh, presentations and all that stuff. And I'm like starting to feel kind of dizzy and shaky. And I'm like, whoa, I don't feel good. And I hadn't eaten anything. So I'm like, I know that it's not something I ate. This is, I don't know, I'm feeling weird. And I had, I had spoken on stage before. So I didn't think it was like anxiety from that. Um, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, I feel like I'm going to puke and diarrhea at the same time. Like it was, it was starting to feel like really, really bad. And I'm also getting ready to like go on stage because you were finishing speaking. And then I, I knew like my cue to come up was like when you said something and I was like, oh no, oh no. Like, please don't puke and, po and poop at the same time. Cause I, I think I was wearing a dress. So I'm like, and also like when you go up on stage, your heart beats a little bit faster. And my heart was already racing from this caffeine. And then I had looked at my cup and I realized that I had accidentally put four shots of espresso and I took that caffeine pill. And I was like, oh my God, I'm overdosing on caffeine. I'm going to die at this retreat. So I get up on, so you had to tell me like, Shannon, come up because I was like, I yeah, normally you're like, you're good at your cues and you're, and I'm looking at you and I'm like, 
hello, yeah, <laughs> come, like, on uh, hello come up. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm going to die as I walk up and everyone's going to see me like pass out. And this is going to be so embarrassing. So I go up there. I totally black out and don't remember what I'm supposed to say. I don't even know like what I said, to be honest. I was trying to be so quick because I literally thought like diarrhea is going to be running down my legs and puking at the same time. So like <laughs> Sandy, like, so as I'm like, done. I walk out and I get all my stuff and Sandy is looking at me as I'm leaving. And she's like, where in the world are you going? Like, why are you leaving? And I was like, I think I took too much caffeine. I'm going to have to go lay down in my room. So I go back to my room. I open the door. I barely make it. I, I, um, open the toilet lid and I just start puking like my brains out and I hadn't eaten anything. So it was just this overdose of caffeine and it literally ruined my whole day. I literally had to lay in bed like because I felt so sick and I was so pissed I miss arts and crafts. I was so looking forward to that. You missed the painting. So you normally take a caffeine pill. Do you drink coffee with that regularly? I usually do, but I don't have four shots of espresso. So I just overdosed myself on caffeine accidentally. That's crazy. I can't imagine how you felt like that sucks. Yeah. It was a horrible feeling. Just uh, don't make the same mistakes that I do. Make sure you're not And at these retreats, we have roommates. So did Carolina know you were sick? Yeah. I told Carolina was so sweet. So my roommate, (laughs) I was so glad that like she wasn't in the room when that happened because it was not a pretty look. Um, But she was so sweet. I was like, I need to eat something to try to feel better. But I could not get out of my bed because I felt like I was dying. So I was like, Carolina, can you please bring me food? And she like brought in a plate of food. She was so sweet. I love all of our, like, I know our little, our, our little mastermind. It's not little, our mastermind, like girls are so amazing and everybody's so sweet and supportive. So yeah, she was really sweet and helped me. I agree. It's super unique to have that many successful women who are so humble and giving all in one place. Yeah. We were talking about what a good job that you did, like being able to get all these girls together and like find and create this space. Like, how did you do that? I think you attract kind of what you are and the behavior that you have, which is the whole point of the name of our podcast, right? Being unapologetically ourselves. And it's just the type of women that I attract is with because 90% of the women have come to us through social media. And so, um, and what's shocking is a lot of them will tell us like, oh, my husband found you and he told me I needed to listen to you. And so it's what we're attracting with what we're talking about and even more to your point earlier of being really conscious of the type of content you put out and who it attracts. Um, you know, we're not in a bathing suit remodeling the house. So like, that's not who we're attracting. Not that you can't be in your bathing suit remodeling the house, but like the people you're going to attract on Instagram, if that's the videos you're posting are going to be looking for something different than, um, than what we're looking for. Yeah. Wow. The power of social media is just insane. So getting super sick at the retreat um, from that, what are you doing to make sure that you don't do that again? I started a new medication and it is like really messing with my brain when I don't take it. So have you heard it? Have you watched the movie Limitless with Bradley Cooper? Yeah. Okay. So I'm taking the Limitless pill. What? (laughs) So you have to look it up. Google it right now. It's called Provigil or Modafinil. Okay, type in MOD, modafinil, modafinil. So it's originally used as a narcolepsy drug, 
but it actually helps improve your cognition, your focus, your memory, because mine sucks. <laughs> so like I actually really need it um, because as you could see, like <laughs> when you were just talking to me, like my brain is broken. So I, so my doctor. Yeah. It talks about it being, it talks about it being a treatment for um, daytime sleepiness, excessive daytime sleepiness. Yeah. But if you start, so if you look it up on TikTok, all of these people are talking about how it's like the real life limitless drug and it actually really helps people uh, significantly to do better than everybody else. So um, obviously that's the off label use, but it's, it's, um, main uses for narcolepsy. So when I don't take that medication, I just started it like a couple days ago, but when I don't take it, my brain is like, does not work. And then I take it. And then once it kicks in, I'm like, okay, I feel normal now. I can hold a conversation. Have you read through the list of side effects for this? <laughs> It's like I try not to. I know like, hallucinations. Like, wait, what is it? Hallucinations, um, chest pain, limp, swollen lymph nodes, trouble breathing. I feel like the, itching of the, the tongue. For, <laughs> those are the side effects for like every drug, right? But anyway, because I have all these like health issues, I decided that I'm going to start implementing three new things to get healthier. So the first one I'm going to do is start drinking way more water because I do not drink enough water. And the second one is go for walks because I feel like I always hear you talking about like you go for these walks to the beach and they like really help you clear your mind and like they're just so beneficial for you. So I just want to copy you because clearly you've got your shit together. And then also <laughs> um, meal prepping. So I suck at cooking. I see you get on social media on your Instagram stories and you're cooking from scratch all these meals. And I just, honestly, I don't know how you do it. I hate cooking. Like I really dislike it. I like to bake like bread and treats, but I don't want to cook food. Doesn't honestly, Travis cook? I thought Travis cooked. So Travis cooks and he's really good at it. And if it weren't for him, I'd probably start it. I would probably starve to death. So I asked him, I asked my husband, pretty please, will you meal prep for me? Because I need to just have my food ready to go in the fridge. I just pull it out and then, you know, pop it in the microwave and I'm good to go. Um, because I wait until I'm absolutely starving before I think of food. So yeah, I, go ahead. so we have the opposite problem. What I, if I don't have that meal prepped and stuff like that, I end up eating junk because I'm so hungry. Um, and then, you know, my husband and I were talking about this yesterday. Like some people are naturally thin and like, if you don't eat, you just get skinnier and skinnier and then that's your problem. And then some of us, like we can look at a potato chip and we gain 20 pounds. Right. So, um, him and I have the opposite problems. He like gets super skinny and I just blow up like a balloon. So I start a long time ago. I had to learn to keep stuff made. Otherwise, um, I couldn't maintain a healthy weight. And I didn't live in an area that had all of the meal prep options like I do now. So it just became a habit that I would make sure like I made chili was that day before yesterday so that we've all got that for lunch. I'm pretty good about making dinners just because I genuinely enjoy cooking. But the lunchtime and breakfast where I'm working and the kids are doing their homeschooling, if something isn't prepped, we're pretty much not doing it. We're ordering pizza. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'll eat like a candy bar for lunch because it's made. And it's packaged and ready to go. So my husband 
just started meal prepping for me. So now I'm implementing those three things. So meal prepping, water, and walks. And I'm thinking that that's going to kind of jumpstart me and my healthier version of me. So for your meal prepping, are y'all like making a menu? Are you going, like, how are you choosing what you're cooking? So what I did was I went to the grocery store with him. This is another thing. I hate going to the grocery store. It's such a waste of time. Are you kidding me? Like, do you enjoy the grocery store? Uh, sometimes I like going to Whole Foods and looking at all the different stuff they have, but others I don't have time and I just do Instacart. Yeah. So like my mom, for instance, she'll go to the grocery store every day and I'm like, what are you doing woman? Like you're crazy. I, I just hate the grocery store. I hate cooking food. I feel like it's such a waste of time. So, um, I just went to the grocery store at like, I really did not want to go, but I went to the grocery store and I'm like, can you just get the chicken and like some vegetables and just like make it taste good and then put it in a thing for me so that I can just microwave it. So when it comes to like a meal plan, no, I just said, I don't know, just make me some healthy stuff and put it together for me so that it's ready. That was my meal plan. So we don't even use the microwave. So um, probably, I don't know, 13, 14 years ago before I had my first child, um, I actually studied alternative medicine and, um, yes, I know there's, I feel like I've had so many lives that we don't talk about all of it, but I studied alternative medicine. And so I got crazy into stuff being, whether it's the food that we're eating or like, we don't really take medications. Even the last baby that I had, there was no medicine at all for birthing the baby. Um, I don't take birth control. Like I don't take any medicine. The only time I ever take medicine is I get psychotically motion sick. So I have to have medicine to get on an airplane. Otherwise I'll just puke the whole time. And same with the kids. We have natural options for all this stuff. And so I started learning a ton about like healthy cooking and substitutes for things. And that's really tough to accomplish if you don't like make everything at home, especially if you don't live in a giant city. Sometimes in big cities, you can find some stuff, but I think a mix between genuinely enjoy cooking in the phase of my life where I studied alternative medicine. Um, I like being able to make those things that I feel like um, are healthy for my family. So we don't, the only thing we use the microwave for is um, the kids so that they can have a little bit of independence with eating. They can make this organic microwave popcorn that we have. And for all y'all who want to tell me how unhealthy that is, I'm okay with it. Um, It's the one thing that we use microwave for. That's so funny. So you're very much like my husband. He, he will not use a microwave. He will only all like even to heat up things like leftovers, he'll cook it on the stove. I'm like, are you kidding? That takes so long. So yeah. So you guys are very much my husband. Like we joke that he's going to be like, he's like the guy with the tinfoil hat, you know, like, um, I know, but you know, what's so funny is that like, he'll say crazy things. We're like, he's so crazy. Um, cause my parents and like my mom, they're very much like Western medicine. And so, um, when my daughter had like a fever, he was like, no, that's good. Like just let her, you know, let her body fight the infection and kill it out. And my mom was like, no, you got to give her Tylenol. Like you got to give her Tylenol. He, she thinks we're like, you know, um, killing our kids by letting them have a fever, which is naturally the progression of, you know, your body taking care of itself to fight the infection. Um, exactly. Yes the microwave thing. So he's rubbing off on my little sister because she doesn't even have a microwave in her house now. Because if you actually research it and look into it, microwaves are horrible. Like they're really bad and scary. Um, and I just try to block it out and pretend like it's not. And I still make my food because otherwise I'd starve. You need a toaster oven because the toaster oven's like 
it maybe it takes double the time as the microwave, but the food tastes so much better. And it's not like it takes as much time as heating it up on the stove or the oven and you just stick it in there the same as you do. You need a toaster oven. I just need, I found my who. Write it down. His name is Travis and he is cooking my meals for me. I love that. So um, it's interesting the way you always talk about your like, Heather. I don't know how you do all these things from running the business to homeschooling the kids. Um, you're cooking all this stuff from scratch. And it's actually interesting because I don't want women thinking like Heather's trying to be the superwoman and do all this stuff. Um, now that we have a fourth baby, she's like three and a half months old at this point. I am really struggling to do all of the things that I normally do and keep up with the laundry and all this stuff. So we have actually decided that my husband is going to be a stay-at-home husband, which was a tough decision, y'all, because um, he's a doctorate and he's a physical therapist. He has so tons of years of college and he genuinely loves his job. Um, but he did a 21-day fast um, and talked to Wait, God about what? what he thought he should be doing. And yeah, so we've decided that... Um, very soon he is going to leave his job and do some of those kind of house husband responsibilities and help more with the kids homeschooling and be with the baby during the day. And it's kind of a reverse role of what we're used to. Um, I will continue working and being the income provider while he's supporting on that side. And I genuinely could not do all of this stuff. Um, I was a single mom doing all this for six years, but now with the fourth baby, um, I just, it's, I'm past my limit. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. So I love, okay, so you know how they're like a stay-at-home mom? Are we calling them stay-at-home dads? Because, you know, I have one. You know, like they're stay-at-home dads because Travis is a stay-at-home dad. You know, like he helps with the kids all the time while I'm working. So I'm kind of in the same situation. He's also, um, you know, a highly educated college graduate um, who left a corporate job. Well, actually he got fired, but that's another story. You know that he got fired because <laughs> that's so terrible. I know. But anyway, um, and yeah, I didn't even graduate college. And I think it's so crazy because he graduated college for business, for business school. And now I'm the one that's working full time and providing for our family while he stays home and, um, you know, helps with the kids and, you know, taxes and all the stuff that I don't like to do. But um, it is, it's so interesting that what, like back in the fifties, this was not a thing. Well, I think culturally it's starting to become more acceptable that like those roles can be reversed sometimes. Um, but we, we had a life and relationship therapist for the women's mastermind. And she always talked about this, like masculine versus feminine energy. And some of her suggestions were more that like, I needed more feminine energy. And, um, after a few conversations with her, I actually decided I'm really proud of my masculine energy and uh, prefer to stay this way. I just have a husband whose feminine energy balances out mine. And he comes from that healthcare background. He's so much more like compassionate and patient. And like he is better at that role than I am. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm sure we'll get some hateful comments um, from some of our audience about that. But I think figuring out what works best for you and your family and trying to turn out those noises of what maybe your family says or what, you know, your friends or what's traditionally normal um, 
you will be a lot happier if you can like erase those types of thoughts and figure out between you and your family what works best for you. Yeah. And I think that's like one of the things I love is like you being so unapologetically yourself about who you are and, you know, we kind of go outside of the societal norms and it's okay. Like you have permission to do that. Also, I'm curious, do you think that, so I have a, when you and your ex-husband were together, um, were you the main provider then or was he? It changed throughout our relationship. So in the beginning, um, when we got married, he was a race car driver and he was traveling all over the country, um, like 200 days a year. And so I was a finance manager with enterprise and worked in an office. And so we decided when we got married that I would stop working and travel with him because we'd have never seen each other. And I was so freaking bored. Y'all I tried sewing. I tried knitting. I ran marathons, like being a stay at home wife, like just wasn't for me. I literally like embroidered a whole bunch of clothes and made homemade jam. Like it just, I was totally like insane with all that stuff. That's when I studied the alternative medicine. Cause I was so bored. I was looking for something to like keep my mind engaged. And, um, later on in our marriage, cause I was so bored. I bought the RV park and his job situation and relationship with his family changed and I became the income provider and he started working with me at the RV park. So it, it kind of shifted throughout our marriage. So the reason that I'm asking is because I know there was some infidelity in your marriage and you've talked about this before. And so I almost wonder if you think that the reason that you are so successful and have that masculine energy and, you know, want to make sure that you're able to provide your, for yourself is maybe because of some like horrible thing that happened to you in your marriage in the past. Do you think? I actually think it's the opposite of that. I think that marriage and this sounds terrible, but I don't know how else to word it, but that marriage like delayed who I was meant to be because before I got married, I was like this super aggressive businesswoman, um, and like climbing the corporate ladder and thoroughly enjoyed it and was having a really good time. But because I'm from the South and everyone gets married young and like the, the gender roles in the household are pretty set and people's expectations are that way. And so I was 24 and I think what I thought I needed to become to be a good wife is what those people were telling me in that outside voices of this is what a wife is supposed to be. And I spent those like nine and a half years um, becoming what a really great wife in my mind and mother looks like. And while um, those were the things that like traditionally happened in a marriage, they weren't like me being unapologetically myself. It was me becoming someone I wasn't. And so the crazy part is like the day I got divorced, I was back full force ahead, you know, building my empire and becoming what I became today. So like that unapologetically yourself is like ingrained in how I really feel about the way people are supposed to be to truly be happy. I love that story. That's so inspiring. And so even going on dates when I was dating, some men would be like, do you think you're always going to be this way? And I'm like, yes, I am. And that shows me that we are not for each other. We are not a good match um, because that's not going to be me. Isn't it wild how like things happen in our life? When that was happening to you, you probably thought like, God, why would you do this to me? Are, are you able to share kind of like 
what happened? Because you've already shared it before, but I just don't want to yeah. tell your story. So I was yeah. eight months pregnant with our third child and found out that he was having an affair. And, you know, some people, they stay in marriages when stuff like that's happening. And um, he wasn't just having an affair. He was already totally in love with the woman. And um, the way our business worked, um, the that first RV park y'all heard me talk about buying, um, our camper stayed out there. And so when we would have long weekends, meaning um, like peak season is October for out there. And um, you're working like 12, 14 hours a day. And our house was an hour away. So those long weekends, we wouldn't come home. We would stay out there in the camper. And we did all of that together, except for when I would end up like almost ready to go into labor. I stayed at the house waiting to go to the hospital. Right. And plus, I've got the other two little kids. And so he actually had her living in the camper with him at that point, which I didn't even know yet. Um, crazy story about that. We'll this is like squirrel attention problems, but I can remember when I found out and I knew she was staying over there and I went over there to be like, you can't be here. And so I go inside the camper and she's like naked laying in the floor. I've no, it's, it's like winter time. I have no idea why this woman has no clothes on. I'm like, you've got to be free. He's not like he was there. He was working. I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, you can't be here. And I'm like, I have no idea what you do and don't know, but I own all of this. You have about 10 minutes to leave. And the police are coming. And so I go outside the com the camper and my brother works for me also. And my brother is standing outside the camper with a shovel. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, I don't know. Mom said we were going to bury a body. I'm like, well, we're not burying any bodies. Like, we're not burying any bodies. So clearly that was the state at which my family thought I was in that my mom knew I was going to confront the woman. So she calls my brother. He brings the shovel. And like this just like defines my whole family relationship all in one story. But Chance is like, I thought we were going to bury a body. Like just like it was like a normal thing that we were going to do. That is freaking hilarious. For one, I love your family. Like can you please clone your mom and your brother? <laughs> I didn't even know you had a brother. Do you have any other siblings? Yeah, he's. I have a brother who's two years younger than me. He lives in Mississippi now, like in the woods with some chickens in his garden. And he's like as happy as can be. Um, so I don't even know how we got sidetracked in that story. But I've been divorced for like seven years now. So that was a long time ago. Him and I get along great. Um, he's more like a relative at this point than than anything. And I'm grateful that we get along so well and there's no drama and no fighting. And he's still with the woman he had an affair with. Oh, no way. That is crazy. That is yeah. literally a crazy story. But I feel like, man, God really has plans. Like we, you know how everyone says like we make plans and God laughs because here you are thinking, you know, oh, I married like the love of my life and we're starting this amazing family and we have this cool business that we started and all of it just starts to crumble in front of your eyes and you probably thought like oh my god what am i gonna do like that my whole life you know and then look at you now right like everything yeah you're you're kind of getting us yeah you're getting us back on track that's what you were asking me is how i was feeling during that and um you're right i was feeling like why god this is supposed to be the one man 
who isn't supposed to treat me that way. And he was, I literally thought he was my best friend and was totally devastated. Like devastated isn't even a strong enough word for how I was feeling. And I was thinking, how am I going to raise three little kids by myself? Like I never planned to be a single mom. I don't think anybody does. Um, and I'm great. Like, you know, looking back on that seven years later, I'm super grateful. Um, I'm not living a life that I'm pretending to live anymore and I'm happy where I'm at. And it took all of that to get you to where you are today. So wild. Are you, do you thank that woman now? You're like, thank you for. Yes. hundred percent. Totally on my prayer list. So wild. Ugh. Jen and I feel like we have talked about every topic imaginable on this episode and next episode we will be back with a special guest if y'all haven't noticed um, we're doing every other episode um, one episode will be with Shannon and I and the next one we have a guest that is um, a female entrepreneur of some point who a female entrepreneur of some sort who is killing it in her space and we are loving sharing these stories with y'all so um, make sure you like and subscribe so you do not miss our next episode. And remember, authenticity is your superpower. Stay unapologetically yourself and let's continue embracing our uniqueness together.